You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did. And I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order, plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code PANTS. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code PANTS for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code PANTS. PANTS! Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pants. We're recapping episode three of the original series, The L Word. If you're streaming it, it's episode three. If you're watching a DVD, it's episode two. Just a caveat. Yeah, (laughs) it's good. That's good. People still use DVDs. Title is called Let's Do It, written by Susan Miller, who is actually a very acclaimed playwright. She was on our writing staff first season, and it's directed once again by Miss Rose Trochet. All right. So we open on... Alice talking to her Los Angeles paper editor pitching the chart. Alice's eyebrows are slowly returning. I'm all for it. To me, Kate, they were worse. They were, they were, they disappeared more. Really? I saw them finding themselves again on your face. Uh, I also have adult acne, which is not easy to watch. I don't see it. I don't, I never, ever caught it. You're gorgeous. Knock it off. We know you need glasses. Thanks. I <laughs> so anyway, knock it off. I looked this up because I've always thought this, but I needed to um, verify it. Mark Zuckerberg launched Facebook in 2004. This series. You really want credit for I do. Facebook. This series, this series <laughs> opened in 2003. Alice invented Facebook in my eyes. It's the same concept. There's nothing different about it. It's all about how you're connected to somebody else. She even puts it online in this episode. Alice could have gotten into a lawsuit with the Winklevoss twins and really kind of pumped Mark for a couple million when they were in that... uh, Billions, Kate. Billion. Was it billions they wound up with? Uh, Kate, billions. I don't remember. I'm not... I I don't remember. I haven't seen the film in a while, but you two could have, you know, gone into a lawsuit together or joined them at least. It's just a little sad to be... In the, you know, to watch that have happened in front of me. I thought to myself, I really like the the actor who played your editor. I hope he comes back. I don't know. There was something about in the his reboot? delivery of. Or in no, the, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. in, in this episode, I liked him. There was something about his delivery. But I, in the, within the story, in this fake L word story, I wonder if that editor is looking at Alice now and seeing what the chart has become and trying to reclaim credit. This is what I'm saying. Or like kicking himself. I bet Mark Zuckerberg went through this exact same thing where he would pitch this idea to people and their eyes would roll to the back of their heads from boredom because they didn't understand what they were talking about. Meanwhile, you know, she's a freaking genius. We even later refer to like a database when we're looking, yeah. looking up um, Lara. Well, there was a moment in time where there was the actual, it was our chart. And that lasted for a hot minute. But that was Facebook before Facebook. I know, but that was post. It was before Facebook, I think. Right before Facebook really kicked off. Because at that time, I think MySpace was the, was the hub to be in. Right. 
But when later in the other scene, when we're looking for to see if Laura's in the database, as she says, Mm -hmm. it would have been like looking someone up on Facebook. Yes. Right. Okay. But what he'd rather have Alice do is have vaginal rejuvenation. Exactly. He's way more into that. Right. And she's game because she's always game for anything. Well, I don't think she was game. She was like, all right, well, I got to do it then. I mean, it's my job. Right. Okay. Right. That's that's my my editor. (laughs) (laughs) And is it just me or is this the first time we're hearing the theme song of Nintendo noises? Is it the first time or is it in the pilot? The arpeggiated. um, I don't know. I liked it. I do too. I really liked that. I don't think it was in in the pilot. pilot. Yeah, it was not in the pilot. I really always enjoyed that opening theme song. It's brief. It shows you what it is and we move on. Right. It's a little catchy, but it's not too catchy. It's funny because now TV shows don't even really have opening themes. No, we don't have time for it. We're too impatient. Well, when you watch it, you're like, I I saw it once. I don't need to see it again. Right. You watch it the first time and then you're like, skip intro. I mean, it's everywhere. Skip intro. Exactly. Skip it. <laughs> um, then we yeah. we cut to Tina. She's on a jog because we know if she doesn't work out, she's tense. So she, it's good to see her exercising. She's getting her needs met. And she she's like, let's do it. It comes to her. She announces that that's the title of the episode. Let's do it. Why do they not discuss anything ever? It's like somebody Who? just appears. Bet and Tina, somebody just appears with a proclamation of some sort. All they do is process. Yeah, but not really to get, it's sort of like an alone processing. Like Tina went through this whole thing by herself and just told Bet, okay, I'm ready. And Bet's excited. She was waiting for Tina to come around. That's all. Yeah, she's going to make it a sexy night. I'm glad Tina has had a change of heart, though. It's redeeming because absolutely not a cute look, Tina. It wasn't cute. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. So now she's back on the path of like, I understand why you wanted this. I'm so on board. Exactly. I'm going to yeah. run to the cryobank. He's already done his thing. She's going to pick it up. They're going to come home and have some wine. Yeah. And Bet's thinking, wow, you're so proactive in this. I love it. Because Bet is usually right. the uh, the proactive Instigator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we see Tim in his 2002 below the knee cargo shorts. Mm-hmm. Talking to Jenny about the hell are they talking about? I don't know. He's late for swim practice. It's a, it's a it quick is. flip. And she's left alone with the answering machine. Then we go to um, Shane, who is finally coming home from her uh, one night stand with this poor hapless victim. Really sweet girl. I remember her. She was really, really kind. There's no one else in the episode. She comes. No, the, but she the pilot. That night. And I'm glad to see Shane finally has a car. Initially. It ends up beat up blue pickup. Initially, they had this very elaborate vintage pickup truck, one that you would see in a car show. It was almost cartoonish. Mm-hmm. And I thought and I saw that and I go, what the hell are you doing? No, like this is <laughs> like it's laughable. It's like, give me some old beater. And so then I got the old beat up pickup truck, which I was. Was it like a bubbly, like an old Chevy from the 40s? Yes. Too old. It would have to be from the 70s. It was something that like Mr. Miyagi would give to Daniel LaRusso when he said choose in the in the mm-hmm. in the Karate Kid film. It was like one of those kind of pickup trucks. And I thought Shane's not going to drive that. So thankfully they toned that down. Well, the mechanic bills alone, you know, just I'm not into it. So then we see Tammy Lynn Michaels stalking, mm-hmm. quietly stalking. But we don't know um, why yet. We just see her point of view. We know something creepy right. is happening. Yeah, she's extra, that one. Has this ever happened to you? It's never happened to me. And I remember when we first filmed it, I thought, well, that's Getting odd. Getting quietly stalked? Not only stalked, but where someone's going to actually, like, yell at you publicly. or You know, for, I don't know. No, I haven't had that. I don't think. I don't. Does that I, no. exist, though? Is this a real person? Is this, like... Just an idea, or is this something that really happens in life? Like, well, let's not like let's not put Lacey in the category of like the crazy woman. That's not fair. But like, Shane clearly did something to this girl to make her incredibly upset and to go to those extremes. So, what the fuck did Shane do? You just slept with her, and you know, didn't slept hang with out her with and her. Left her. 
Yeah, which I think happens a lot in the world, but I've never seen or witnessed, you know, this happening in person, like to, to anybody that I know. Or I think it also helps begin the narrative of Shane being this inaccessible character that you really can't get your claws into no matter how much you want. And I think it's, I think that characters help propelling that You're right. sort of mythology. Right. It's a, it's an idea. Cause I remember back then I was yeah. like, huh? Okay. In the moment when I was filming it, I was thinking, huh? Oh, all right. Yeah, but I exactly. liked working with Tammy. She was, but no, working Tammy with Tammy was, was a lot of fun. Super sweet. She's fabulous. She was like, she came in, she fit right in. She didn't, you know, she was like, I'm game for anything. Let's go. So she was a blast. Yeah. Rad girl. All right. Then we go back. We're with Dana on the tennis court and she's exercising. Is that what you want to call it? While she's talking to her coach. I love wafy little Aaron being the pro tennis player. Oh, it's the best thing ever. But Kate, you exercise, correct? Is that a thing, what she was doing, where you run backwards like that? Is that a a real exercise? (laughs) I guess. I mean, it's not an exercise I do. I think I've done something like that for boxing once. It does it. I think it helps balance. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. I guess on the tennis court, you would have to run backwards, forwards, sideways. I get that. Now it makes sense. Yeah. So he tells her he needs, let's take a break. And she's like, okay, I've got 45 minutes. Why didn't Aaron ever like say, I'm going to get into like tennis, pro tennis shape? She took lessons. I know that. Did she? Yeah. Aaron took tennis lessons. We should have her on to do one of these because she, she could tell us. We have to. Yeah, please. I want to hear all about Aaron's tennis lessons. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love it. Then we go really- to, <laughs> then we go to Alice. She's going to Reviva. Vaginal rejuvenation appointment. And we finally meet her ex. Right. We meet her ex, who is Guinevere Turner, played by Guinevere Turner. Mm -hmm. She was one of our writers on the show as well. um, And another prolific writer. She helped. uh, She wrote I Shot Andy Warhol, American Psycho. She works with Mary Heron. She starred in Go Fish. Mary Heron actually will direct an episode further on in the season. But Guinevere, I love Guinevere Turner. Love. What a talent. What a talent. But what a cool personality. She always had great ideas. I loved her writing. I yeah, loved me seeing too. her name on a script. She had that like me sort too. of dark. She had that dark naughtiness mm-hmm. in her writing, which I always appreciated. Mm-hmm. She's like, Alice, don't do it. The recovery is hell. <laughs> that made me laugh. I forgot about great that one. part. <laughs> and then she goes to sit down. Alice is upset to even see her because obviously she had an impact. Well, also, she's kind of like she's poking at you a little bit. Of course. Yeah. And then she goes to sit down and then the girl has to get up and she's got one of those donuts because her little her little privates must hurt from the operation. Maybe Ouch. <laughs> OK. Alice's last name did not change. She just said she was Alice Peters to be undercover for her reporting, undercover reporting. For the expose. Mm. I want to say something about Miss Laura Perkins. You and Aaron got in such an argument over the pronunciation of this character's name. You, Leisha, wanted Lara because you're like, Lara, it's like my friend Lara. And Aaron, the way, and it was always the argument about how it was spelled. And that's where the argument stemmed from. And Aaron was like, she's my girlfriend. She's Laura. Yeah, and there was but it's argument. not, I was like, it's not Laura because there's not a you. Right. She's like, it's Lara. And it was like, no, hard it's for Lara. Me. Let, anyway, yeah. it was hard for both of you. And it was hard for me to listen to because it was constant. This got really deep at one moment. Anyway, so I'm going to call her. Yeah, I'm going to call her Lara Laura just to appease both sides. Lara Laura okay. finally makes her a special sweet little meal of vegetables and dipping sauces and whatnot. And mm-hmm. that's where Dana's thinking, huh, this girl's cute. Am I correct? No, you're so correct. And she's like, that girl's really, really cute. She turns around and she does like the cutest little smirk because she's excited. Mm-hmm. I want to start this off with, uh, with just acknowledging that this next scene is the first of many of Jenny's fantasy writing sequences, which I right. cannot understand to save my life. And we really tried to sit there. We need to really introduce this. We really asked ourselves, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And I have no answers yet. I don't either. We go into Jenny's head writing about Sarah Schuster and she talks about Wait, how no. she... <laughs> 
<laughs> I wrote what? this down because I was dying. <laughs> So she's talking about her alter ego, Sarah Schuster, and we and we hear the the seagulls in the background and the sound, the background noise, you know, bringing us into this fantasy. And then boomer in a fantasy, and there's a dummy draped in seaweed laying on the beach. Yeah, and she's like, she poked her with the toe with her toe. Poked what with her toe? Is someone else poking Sarah Schuster with her toe? And why poke with a toe? Alicia, I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. What does this all mean? Or does it mean anything? Maybe it doesn't mean a thing. No, it all means something. But I don't think you and I are catching on to what it means yet. Not yet. I'd love to have a revelation at some point. I think Sarah Schuster's supposed to be dead. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All I know we should is get that Mia on here to answer some of these Sarah Schuster questions. I don't think Alicia Mia doesn't know either. No, I, I bet she does now. No, in season two, I, I, that's when I started really working with Mia. And she went to the director one day because she had to shoot this fantasy thing. Because they become more and more prominent as like the seasons mm-hmm. go on or the episodes go on. And she went to the director and said, she said, can you tell me what this means? And the director said directly to her, I have no idea. This is your fantasy. Interesting. Nobody knows. Everyone's like, let's just get it done. Well, I wonder if anybody's taken the time to just really put together all the Sarah Schuster clips and make sense of it. If anybody's bored and they want to do that, please, because we need sort of a guideline. Or if you've already done it and you forgot that you had it, do share because I'd love to see the through line for this or at least understand it. Me too. Um, So anyway, now we're back at that planet and Lacey, Lacey's back and she shows up with the camera Again, a bit extra. Very upset. Also, and pre-iPhones, it was like a big honking God. camera. Like something if you were studying photography at Yale, you would have that. Yeah, exactly. Like a travel or architectural digest photographer, you would have that. She's just, what is she trying to do? She's, uh, I don't. She's putting the flash oh, in her right. eyes. She's like this one because she's about to make, Fires. I believe, posters later. Right. Anyway, Marina comes in and saves the day and says, get out of my restaurant, stay away from my friends and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and Which I thought um, was kind of, I, I forgot that. I thought that was kind of cool. Right. Because we don't have any engagement with Marina that much. Right. Marina's sort I of just her, like, on she was her like, own get out island. Of here. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we finally are, um, we've, it's again, the beginning of the Greek chorus, the three of us sitting down. Here we go. Yeah. Well, first of all, Jenny drives by, sees Marina, keeps driving just want to say that then they share a look they share a look so alice shane and dana of course alice has the gossip she's like i think they're together nobody believes her and then we talk about gaydar which i thought was let's talk about that because it was the first time you really heard that word on tv mm-hmm. we're explaining to people this is how gay people find each other and the unspoken signals identify each other it is our signals are a little dated, some of them. Very much so. But some are age old, like fingernails. That's always a, usually a telltale sign. Uh-huh. Shoes, not so much, actually. No, that can be anything now. But so what really stuck that we said? Um, jeans, but I said, somebody said stovepipe jeans, which I don't even know what th- those are. But that's a dated, that's n- a dated early one. 2000s style. Right. So that's over. And I don't think, and I don't think fashion is really an indicator any longer. No. So that's the dated part. Fingernails, yes. Uh, for the most part, for the most part, not always. And then she admits any- that she has a thing for the chef. Yes. And we're like, well, obviously, she's going to have to be on the chart, right? If she's gay. I never thought Dana was this clueless, but I can see why she has to be this clueless to have this sort of conversation. Because we're guiding her. Yeah, I like it. We need it. We need to show like even someone in the gay community can have trouble. Right. You know, you don't come in right. knowing everything all the time. I say, I well, I, I put the chart online, which is so funny because I would have had to have built like a massive algorithm. Like I would have had to mm-hmm. have been like, obviously, like either I knew someone who did code or I knew how to do it because I took what I was sketching in the pilot and all of a sudden it's yeah. like. Yeah, you're right. Available with a giant database. It was a quick turnaround, but it's online. So then we move on to 
Jenny's fantasy part two with the sepia hue and it's the funeral. Mm-hmm. Sarah Schuster, this alter ego is very conflicted because she's well, at this funeral. is she dead or alive? I don't know. Like who got, so obviously the body on the beach got buried is the one in the coffin. Is she Sarah Schuster or is, I don't know. Sarah Schuster dead. I don't know. And, and being lowered into the ground. Anyway, she holds hands with the man next to her. They pan up. Guess who it is? Marina. Well, no, she sticks her hand in the, this oh, man's right. like pants and then it pans up and it's Marina in a hat and a suit and they start kissing at this funeral. I really want to know what, the, <laughs> what this is. Or if there's a psychoanalyst that might want to call in and help us with this. That's also welcome. No, I think someone who like would really watched this show and, you know, probably had the exact same question. Maybe someone wrote a here. college thesis on this. And said, I got to figure out why this was here. And God willing, they figured it out and they can share it. And in present day, Jenny keeps playing the um, answering machine over and over to hear, Jenny, I really miss you. Jenny. Is that, is that what I she really says? Miss Something like that. I don't know. In the, in the fantasy, she says I that? I can't stop thinking about you, Jenny. Something. Jenny? No, in present day in the kitchen. Because Tim's away. So she's like, I'm going to play this over and over. Oh, right. On the voicemail. Yeah. On the voicemail. That's kind of bold to like leave that on a voicemail well, on a she home erased that you it. share. I, yeah, but Marina oh, doesn't Marina. know who the hell is going to listen to oh, that. Oh, I know. Yes. She's like, like, like bad move. No. She, well, like, I, she, I don't think she cares, Kate. I, she's like circling. She's like, Ca-caw! she's like circling yeah, this house. Yeah, it's true. She's she looking is for the... her prey. So she erases it. We're back. Then they go back over to Ben and Tina's house. Who's having their uh, big night of insemination with a faux sting song playing in the background right. as they honor the sperm, which I believe was a huge um, foreshadowing that it could very well be a failure this time around because they were oh, making such a thing out of it. Well, yeah. Like, oh, Build them up, da-da-da-da-da. break them down. Well, but Precisely. then they bow to it. It got a little weird. I was like, all right. And then we saw some educational close-ups of what Which I learned a lot about. I was like, oh, is that what you do? It looked like a salad spinner. I appreciate it. I wonder what they used for that. Like, would it be like Elmer's glue or like... I wrote in my notes at this point, I need subtitles on this show. I have to watch the show with subtitles. I can't stand what the majority of us are saying. Okay. You've said that twice. So by next Friday, I promise you, I'll put that on the television. Okay, so they bow to the spirit. Oh, they called it magic juice, which I thought was also gross. That's foul. It's also, no. everyone is, like you keep saying it's extra. Everyone is a little extra in this episode. Mm-hmm. Right? Agreed. Like we get it. Well, it's sperm. Do we have to like, uh, I don't know. But but also I understand we're educating people, including myself, and how you inseminate. I can't believe you didn't know that. I don't. I don't look into it to know. It just seems logical. Well, I still have questions. I'm like, did they stick that little syringe up there? Yes. Is that yes. what you put in? Because that seems painful. I think it's too thin maybe to be painful. What do I know? I never went through well, it. Well, but... but still, it's a little pokey. Rocket money. I used rocket money again last week. How many? Are you Okay. I don't know. You have a I get lot these, of subscriptions you forget I know. about. You know what it is? Because I get these apps and you have to pay for everything you get these days. And I think, all right, well, I'll use this for a few days but and I'll cancel it. But I forget. And, and you, you have forget to have every your... week that you forgot last week. Yes. Thank God you have Rocket Money. Before I started using Rocket Money myself, I thought I had about like, I don't know, six subscriptions. No, Kate. I had like 15. 15? Yes. I was like, clear it, clear it, clear it, get rid of it. And Rocket Money is like, we have your back. Because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can start to grow your savings. Plus, Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pants. That's rocketmoney.com slash pants. Say it, Kate. That's rocketmoney.com slash pants. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. So now we're back at Alice's apartment or duplex, whatever, more of an apartment. And I'm showing everybody that Shane is the center of the chart. And you notice that there's a dotted line between Alice and Gabby. Who does? Like I didn't do it. You do. Why? Because it's like not over, I think is what it's insinuating. What were we called this young baby Muppets? We look like baby Muppets, the three of us. We couldn't be younger. It's shocking. Okay, then you both are doing like a really sweet, protective friend thing. You're like, do not get back together with Gabby, which is like what you and I do to each other. Like, don't you dare go back to her. She's like one of those mean girls Alice dated and no one else likes her. Yeah, which is a great character because anyone can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's abusive to you. She's very, she's abusive to you. She makes you feel small and that's how she gets you to do what she wants. Oh, poor Alice. Okay, so then we're back with our favorite couple, Bet and Tina. Tina's got her legs propped up on the wall, trying to keep the sperm inside. Bet, I remember, picked up the diaphragm and it's got like hair all over it, which I thought was kind of funny. The three musketeers have the worst timing imaginable because that's when we show up. You know what? This would, I, to me, this was one of my favorite scenes in the episode because... It's a great scene. Well, I just liked that they're having this very special night and then their very close friends are having, you know, a situation that they need help with. And we just knock on the door. And I was like, that really, to me, started showing you how close these people are. Well, it it's a nice long scene, first of all. It goes on for a minute and and it does establish how the friendship is authentic and vulnerable and intimate and very unguarded. And yeah, sure, I can get inseminated with my legs up in the air and still talk about your problems. Exactly. And there's no, there like the boundaries are sort of erased with all of us. It's that um, it's that moment in time when you have those friendships with people, where those things those things with timing don't really matter as much, and you can all be having very profound things happening in your lives, but you have each other through the whole thing. Well, you don't have as many, like for some, you don't have as many responsibilities and maybe, you know, you're not in a lot. Oh, is that what you said? Yeah. It's like a snapshot in time. Like, you know, I think after that, you know, that age, people, you know, have bigger responsibilities and you can't do that. Your life becomes too busy. And they have their own families and they have kids and all of this stuff. So I like that it's just sort of capturing that. You have your... You have your tribe of people that know it's your everything chosen about family. you. Yeah, it's really important. So nobody's like, what are you doing here at 10 o'clock at night? I'm Mm-mm. inseminate. You know, nobody's everyone's rolling. Everyone rolls with it, which I really enjoyed. In this scene, when, when, when Dane is explaining like her crush and who this girl is, there's another seed of jealousy from Alice. Did you know that shooting it? This is the thing that I'm that, that I'm really like, wow, I didn't remember all of it. It must have been laid out and I just forgot. But yeah, I'm I'm jealous. I'm jealous of the sous chef. It sounds like it. It's you can see it. I also yeah. jizz on Dana, which was funny. A little foreshadowing right there. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, then Bet comes up with a plan. And without saying it out loud, everybody knows what we have to go do. Okay. And then we cut to the next day, obviously, or the day after whatever. And, 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 um, we find out that Subaru is interested in sponsoring Dana. Can I just say one thing? What? Dana also gets sexually harassed in the locker room. And I'm like, locker rooms, 
are a very scary place on the L word. Yeah. I get, like, I think she gets sexually harassed room. by, by a, in so a locker funny. room in season. She does too. And later Do on in really? the season. Yeah. They can't be trusted from now on. Whenever I see a character in a locker room or entering a locker room, I'm going to be tense. I'm going to have to go exercise because I'm worried for anybody. Then Lara, so hard to say. Lara Lara comes in. Lara Laura comes in and... um, Adorable as ever. Played by Lauren Lee Smith. I probably had real life jealousy. She was so cute. Lara Laura says uh, for Dana to come to the restaurant and she'll make something special. And then we cut to our gang at the planet. We're all going to meet up. We're all rendezvousing at the planet so we can head over to this country club and help Dana. However... Gabby has stood you up or she's done something shitty to you. She's did. What yeah, is it? I'm waiting she did for her at the shitty. planet. She didn't show up. And then she shows up right when we're leaving. Right. And all my friends surround me with awesomeness and they're like, let's go. And I'm like, call me later. Shane gives her the stink eye. So does um, Bet. And off they go. Off they go. And then I turn around. I'm like, call me. And then. We see our gang piling out of a Mini Cooper like a bunch of clowns in the circus. Right. And we start this very stylized moment, which doesn't exist. I don't I don't believe on television anymore. Um, feels a bit dated, but it's super cute. Initially, it had Mission Impossible music or some sort of. Right. It's like a spy surveillance mission. Yes. Right. Now we don't have that different music, but you, we all take our positions in this stakeout to figure out if which is so cute yeah and dana the seems whole purpose confused is to she, figure out if Lara's gay that's the whole mission wasn't, right i understand but dana's sitting there like what are you guys doing she's a bit shocked right. I, I i sit down with her and she's thinking like shane what the hell are you doing here she was dana was there on the night where we figured this out did she were we just not telling her what day this was going to happen <laughs> it could have been that or also like maybe she didn't quite understand what it meant because nobody said it out loud. We're like, we know what we need to do. So she probably knew we were going to do something. But here it is. This scene really made me miss a flip phone. You love a flip phone. I'm going to get you a flip phone. Like a just, a just something you could carry around and play with. I've been waiting for Apple to come out with one. And when they do, I'll be first in line. I bet you will. Why hasn't it happened? They were so small and cute and easy. And I think we're texting where it took you like 20 minutes to write three yeah, words. Yeah, to get to an A, you, you to... had to press three times. Yeah, exactly. And we all have our things on, like our little uh-huh. flick ear things with the mic attached to the yep. cord. And yeah, and we're getting no signs. We're like, we don't know. Zero. It's a, it's a fit. We have to meet in the bathroom and really discuss the fact that it's a 50-50. I really like how that character is mysterious. Me too. I really like that. I always did. She's like, I don't have to fit into any of these boxes. Yeah, you can't. I was just going to say she doesn't fit into any box. So it's sort of defeating what we were saying earlier in the episode. Like, oh, these are the telltale signs. And then we sit there to look for them with her and they're non-existent. Right. None of it. It could be either or. She was like a glimpse into the future, like the world we all live in Precisely. Uh Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So then we have to all go into the bathroom and regroup because... You know, plan A didn't work. Right. So then we're like, we know what to do. We all look at you. And Shane's acting like she doesn't know, which I don't know. I was like, yeah, of course. Like, take your position, own it. Help your friend out. And she goes up. Talks about figs. Talks about figs. Try to flirt with her. Lara is not having it. Respect, Lara, Laura. You're not Lara. Drinking. Simon, Laura. But okay, go ahead. Well, like I, I'm going to bring the argument back from 2002. Lara, Laura um, is not drinking Shane's Kool-Aid. She's not interested. Shane is like crash and burn. Right. Probably also shocked. Yeah. So we we assume she must not be gay. And then we all walk out and we get a really great, we had to freeze frame, we had to pause, get a really great glimpse into all of our incredible outfits walking down the hill. On the day, I'll never forget this. This was this, we were just started filming the first season and I'll never forget how upset Aaron was when she stopped to look at all of us in relation to what she was wearing and she felt so foolish and she would say, I'm so dorky in this outfit and you guys look so good. And here I am like, oh, she was like, you know, 
hating how she was looking. We paused this thing because we look absurd. And Aaron is the one. Meanwhile, she got away scot-free. Yeah. You, I'm going to give you worst dress of this episode. I'm sorry. I'm in a Halloween costume. What the hell am I wearing? I don't know. And I wonder, did you, and you can admit it, and nobody's going to judge you for it. Did you go to Cynthia, our costume designer, and say, can you add a piece, like a pizza pie slice of material (laughs) to flare the bottom of my pants out? Was that you? I I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I think... No, I'm genuinely serious. I think at that time, flare jeans were all the rage. That's what you wore. And whatever jeans she got didn't fit over those clunky motorcycle boots I wore every day on that Mm show. So I believe it was just logic. We can ask Cynthia to make it wider so like you could fit the jean over the boot because at the time, Mm -hmm. like you couldn't get enough flare on those jeans. And at the time, I probably loved it. Yeah, of course. Like, of this course, is cool. Yeah. No, you wore it with pride. I don't know if it was my idea, though. But yeah, I thought, what great jeans. Maybe I can keep these at the end of the season. You also had like an oversized man shirt and an oversized tie. Well, the tie wasn't a tie. It was like, it was just hanging there like, like what you get when you go to a concert. Like a Steven Tyler scarf on his microphone. Like when you go to a concert. And they give you those things to be like, hey, wear this so to have access. Like it looked like one of the, it was the most unnecessary tie. It was an absurd outfit. And then the collar is huge. It's a Halloween huge. costume. But then I had on the back of my skirt, I had like all these lace bits, like these doilies that were like sewn on to my butt. Hideous. Tina looks like, is dressed like Liz Cheney. <laughs> Right. Why does she look 50? Like, Mm. what's going on? Like, what? She really is, like, in politics. And again, a coat. A coat in July. So at the end of the day, 20 some odd years or close to 20 years later, Aaron was the lucky one. I bet Laura was thinking, oh, these these are Dana's friends. I should think about this before I jump in. Oh my God. Okay. So back to, we walked down the, we're just basically Dana's deflated. We have no answers. Oh, and then Lacey, Tammy Lynn Michaels has clearly followed us to this country club because the last beat of the scene is you see Lacey kind of ducking it. Like we're doing a stakeout. Meanwhile, she's staking out us Uh and she's, you know, crouched down on her driver's seat staring, but we catch wind of her and she does that thing. Like I see you thing as she's driving away. Uh huh. (laughs) Why was Shane legitimately threatened by this as if Lacey's going to come out with a weapon and attack in broad daylight in the middle of a parking lot? Well, I would be scared if I saw a girl in a bush. I would be scared even if she was tiny. She was in a car. She wasn't in a bush, but worse. It just the reaction she could was run like, you guys, over. Come on, let's but the okay. reaction was, guys, let's get out of here fast. Like it's as if, like, oh, did you? I didn't remember that part. Yeah, Michael Myers <laughs> isn't like chasing us, and he's going to round the corner any moment. It's Lacey. What is she going to do? Okay, then we're back. To, we're back at the planet. Marina and Tim are finally interacting since that party at Bet and Tina's house. Poor Tim. I'm Team Tim. He's all just day long. clueless. And he's taken with her. He looks at her like you can see it in him. He's very intrigued. And I think she knows that. And she's sort of playing it. Is this the scene or did I skip over it where you and I have matching hairdos and it looks like an eagle swooped down and chewed our hair up and then spit it back out on top of our heads? Is that this? Alicia, scene? This is this is the beginning of our dueling hairstyles. Kate. We both have bird nests on our head. Yeah. In different colors. And even the curls, like whatever they were doing with the curling iron, like if you're on the left and I'm on the right, the curls go the same, same curl opposite direction. Like we could just look in a mirror and it would be the same hairdo and then. And what's funny is that, and this was an unplanned thing between you and I, but we 
from then on, we always had some sort of dueling hairstyle. We both cut our hair short at the same time. We were letting it grow at the same time. And this was unplanned. For years it went on. It's probably because we saw each other in hi- in the hiatus. Maybe, but we didn't really pick up on it ever uh, until we were like, you know, at the like halfway through the season of whatever season we were shooting where we'd stop look at each other and say, "Oh my god, why did no one else stop exactly us? the same?" Why was nobody else going, "You guys, switch it up. Somebody, somebody do something different here." My hair was so much better in the pilot, but I don't mean the whole pilot, but the where we ordered coffee. Look, I'm looking at you right now. And the truth is, if I didn't have bangs, our hair would be similar still. It's roughly the same length. The only difference is the color. I don't have as many layers as you do. I don't chop into it anymore. I know. But if I didn't have bangs, layers, no layers, you could still be like roughly the same. Hmm. Pants. Hey. Okay, so Tim's ordering some coffee. Marina's like, it's on me, by the way, guilt. But he gets a free cup of coffee out of it because he's about to lose his girlfriend. So that's nice. Oh, and Tim invites Marina over. You pick up on it. I'm over at the other side of the planet. I know everything. I'm like, Marina and Jenny are hooking up. I know everything. Shane's basically saying, stay out of it. It's not your business. I don't know why she would care necessarily, but... She's trying to tamper down any sort of gossip that's going to start leaking anytime right. soon. Right. That's a good dynamic between us, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because you do leak like a sieve with that gossip. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And you're like, let people have their private lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? But Marina takes him up on the invite. Another ballsy move. Like Marina's just. Marina does not have boundaries. At all. At all. She has a plan in her head and she's out to fulfill that plan. If Marina had stuck around longer than just a season, that actually would would have been a really interesting character trait for her just to be that person that shamelessly has no boundaries and doesn't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, the homewrecker. But she's not defensive. She's not antagonistic. She's not... She's like, they made the choice. The marriage is over. They made the choice. I was just here looking beautiful. By the way, it's also the beginning of... Wondering what language Marina's going to speak next, because I think she speaks <laughs> French or is it Italian? And Oh, she, Italian. We think Italian in this scene. She says she speaks Italian in that scene. I right. think she speaks French later on. She's, she does. You know, she's worldly. Yeah. That's what we're that's what we're supposed to pick up. Marina is Rosetta Stone. Then we're back to Dana playing tennis. Thank God. And this is the montage of Dana playing tennis. And this is where they kind of break it up to make it look like she knows what she's doing. Yeah, they do. She a has a good forehand. Effect. Did you see that? Really strong forehand. I bought it. She worked on that. I bought yeah, it. That's what I'm saying. Hook, line and sinker. Yes. Good job. Production. It took it took some doing. But in the end, she looks legit. All right. Then it's night and Bet and Tina walk next door. That would be so nice if you could just like not get in the car and you could just go to dinner because we have dinner together a lot, but we have to drive a long way. What is Marina? What does she have on her head? What the hell is on her head? Is it a, it looks like a birthday cake. It looks like a sea creature. Whose idea was that? I'm going to guess it was Karina's. Okay. She looks like a queen. Yeah. Yeah. It's effective. It suits the character, but I just couldn't wrap my brain around what that was. It was from her travels. Obviously, she picked it up somewhere <laughs> when she was in a different country and she brought it back to L.A. She's like, people are doing this elsewhere. You guys get hip to it. You take your grandma's pearls. And also Marina brought them a beautiful bouquet of flowers when Tim walks away with it. <laughs> it's like and she did for tropical plants were they birds of paradise they almost like took every because everyone's oddly standing like in a row like almost almost like how you would greet a queen if you think about it yes and she can barely walk through and she almost takes everyone out with the birds of paradise are they beautiful bouquet i love it when someone comes over and has taken the time to give a really beautiful bouquet as a thank you for having me it's such a classy gesture you're good at that you do that but you bring I a flower, a bunch of flowers that are easily like vaseable. 
Like I can just like pour some water in a vase and just do. Do you have to treat birds of paradise with massive care? Yeah, you'd have to go back to your garden shed, get the shears, hack at it a little because they're really oh. tall. Because she didn't have them. She didn't have an arrangement. She just point being is nice flowers, Marina. Respect, like classy move. And I don't give Marina a lot of credit because she does shady things, but I like the flowers. And it's also very. It's also kind of a subtle dig when you think about it. Like, hey, I'm fucking your girlfriend. But here are some beautiful flowers. Yeah, I thought oh, it's of you. all. Yeah, it's 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 in the little gestures. She's <laughs> making it all better shady. for Tim. He just She's doesn't. Shady. It's, so, it's sick. It's sick. Marina's shady. Subaru loves Dana. She's very excited about it. She got the deal. We're all excited for Dana. I remember when they were getting that. You know, because you have to get a real endorsement for the show. I remember when Rose Lamb, who was our line producer, was really excited that they landed the Subaru thing. Because back then you'd have to get a company to say, hey, this is a gay show. We have a closeted tennis player and we want her to get a deal with a car company. I don't think that was easy to find back then. Alicia, my first, the first series I was ever on was sponsored by Coca-Cola. I'm not kidding. And they advertise the series as a summer brought to you by Coca-Cola. Wow. And so every scene, there was a Coca-Cola can. Sure. But I'm saying with the subject matter back in the early 2000s, I don't think they were, you know, everyone was lining up to be like, we want to put our cars on your show. So I think, you know, props to Subaru. And that's why everyone calls it Lesbaru. No. Exactly, because every lesbian drive. Well, I never had one, and I didn't know anybody who did. But it's folklore that every lesbian drives a Subaru, and they and it's a Lesbaru. Mm-hmm. I remember Erin really was hoping to use that sponsorship to get herself one. It never happened. Right, and also listen, Subaru pants would love a sponsorship. Okay, so going back. So then Jenny, we're back at the dinner. So Jenny's late. We have to say that Jenny's late. So they're all like, no problem. And it's Randy and creepy Randy and creepy Randy's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. You say they, inappropriate things and they, you know, everything they say out loud is wrong. But she does get home from dinner from the fake Bristol Farms and she is shocked to see Marina there. Tim did not tell her. I love that scene where, you know, you cut to Tim and Jenny in uh, the bedroom and, you know, Mia is taking off her shirt and she's like, going through the laundry basket, trying to find something to wear. She's destroying the the hamper. Destroying it. But there's something so authentically intimate about getting naked in front of your person, even if you're mad at them, because you have like a time, like there's a time crunch or whatever. And well, she's upset. She wants to look better. She looked like shit when she got home. And she's like, she, she I does, like to turn it I, out for Marina. You don't know that. But I have to put myself together in five minutes now, Tim. Thank you. I agree. But what I'm saying is I love how they shot that because it really just captured the intimacy of a couple of. Yeah. And they so go into the bathroom. He's like, what's going on? What's some, and she's like putting on lipstick and talking about, how yeah. she, you know, making up lies, walking about- around topless. It's like there's something very vulnerable about being angry with your partner, but you're doing it topless. And I love that. OK, well, you can do that in season three if you want. I'm sure everyone would love to see it. Of what? You could have oh, a shame this? scene where you're upset about something topless. Well, we'll wait and see, possibly. But my point is that I really loved how that was shot. It just established such an intimacy and a comfortability that those two have. I love that she, when she brushed her hair and put on lipstick, that was my favorite part. Because then she's like gorgeous and she's like, I'm ready to go out. <laughs> this is where I found the scene ends a bit on a heavy handed note where Tim says, look, kiss her makeup or whatever you women do. Oh, he says that to Jenny and you didn't need it. Not a good I liked line. it. I thought it was great. I didn't. Mm. That was like the dumb boyfriend. Yeah, just yeah. I know it's a little on the nose, but I enjoyed it. That's what I mean. Yeah. Now we see Shane and Alice with dueling haircuts at the big night of the planet. First of oh, many still, big nights. So we're the there. Planet. So we must have run home. Put on Changed some more some horrible outfits. Horrible outfits. Did her hair the same and decided this looked good enough to go into public with. What the fuck am I wearing What again? is wrong with us? I, I'm just saying, I, I feel like I had a strong start with a, with a pretty cute haircut in the pilot. And then I don't know what happened when we were waiting between the pilot and the first episode or third episode, technically. What, where did all these bad decisions come in? Where was I like, I need to get this kind of haircut now 
and eat unhealthy to get some more acne. And then I'm going to go back up and shoot the show. If I can make you feel better, we just watched the pilot and I can say with certainty that your outfits were no better in the pilot than they are in this episode. Okay. <laughs> Nor mine. I had a giant belt buckle on. Did you see that? But am I going to a rodeo? I'm wearing my flame leathered pants. I don't think you see them from the waist down, but they were the go-tos always. I hope you wash those sometimes because I know Shane's getting a lot of action. And did you take him to a leather cleaner? Um, you should ask Cynthia, our costume designer. No, I mean in the character's life. No, of course she didn't. <laughs> she was like Jim Morrison. She's like, I'm not washing these. No. It's like an old mangled leather chair that is your favorite. You just love to sit in it. Well, you said last week you wish I had them and I couldn't agree more. I wish I had them too. I could auction those off. So we're at a karaoke night and who's there but Gabby? And I'm trying to tell you, or Shane's trying to tell Alice, don't do it. Don't turn around, is what you say. And, and you know, Alice is really trying to have some authority and say, no, I won't. Strength. I won't, but. Willpower. You know. That goes flying out the window in a couple of scenes. Yeah. And so we were having a, uh, a karaoke night, which is funny because this season on the Elward Gen Q, we also have a karaoke night. Well, where do you think Shane got the idea? She's like, you know what? I went to this great night. And I say, Alice, don't you remember we were wearing those horrible outfits the night we saw Gabby? We right. had karaoke night. Let's do that again 20 years later. Well, karaoke never really went away. So No, but thankfully those outfits did. How cute is Kit, too? I just want to talk about how cute she is all the time. She gets on stage. All like, day long. Thanks for coming, everybody. I love Kit. So back at the dinner. Tensions are high between... Marina and Jenny. Yeah, he says, well, Tim shares that he's engaged with Jenny and. Guess who clocks it? Bet Porter. Bet. She's like, something's not right at this table. And she knows Marina and she knows that she has no boundaries. Obviously, she's like, here she goes again. Homewrecker. Well, I was going to say this, actually. I don't really see the connection between Bet and Marina. I know off camera in the story Kate. that we know each other. No, it's because Bet knows, the audience doesn't know yet, that Marina has a girlfriend. She knows she lives at her house. And she knows her girlfriend's away. Right. So she's like, what are you doing? Not only are you breaking right. this up, you're breaking your own situation up. What are you doing? You're right. But I want to see if that sort of dynamic between the two of them or if that's sort of like the through line. Keeps going. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I we'll wanna, find I'm out. I want to pay attention. Because that girlfriend rolls in around episode eight or nine, I think. Yeah, but Bet knows in present day this is happening. Yeah, you're right. But she's not 100% sure. And then she walks into the kitchen. Well, no, then we cut back to karaoke night and that Gabby finally approaches you. There's The thing with this whole portion of this episode is there are so many cutbacks between the dinner party and karaoke and the dinner party. And some of them are blips where, you know, finally Gabby notices... Because after that moment where Bet clocks it, then we're back at karaoke where we see Gabby coming over to talk to Alice and then Kit comes to us and wants to know where Bet and Tina is. Can I tell you that what I really enjoyed about this episode is so much happened in it? A lot. Like just piggybacking on what you just said. It's like you're kind of like, whoa, they're here. They're there. That happened. I mean, a lot of information was given in this episode. I agree because then after that, Marina corners Jenny in the kitchen because of course then we're back at the engagement party and Jenny's crying she's crying Marina is really manipulative like why she would is. you say why would you ask if Jenny is happy and Jenny says don't ask me that I think she's the kind of person that just likes to fuck things up I think it's there's a sadistic thing mm. to it I I agree but she's doing it in a real like head fucky kind of way because yeah. Jenny's looking at her with tears in her eyes saying don't ask me that yeah. Jenny's been unstabilized. So why are you trying to why are you trying to aggravate the the obvious situation more in this person's home? Because she gets a high off of it. I think this is her thing. It's like a black widow. You know what I mean? It's she gets a high off the danger. You're right. Yes. You're absolutely right. It's the game and the the prey and the you know, it's it's all of that. How far can I push it? Mm-hmm. Look the look at the effect I'm having. That suffering gets me off. Mm -hmm. And then Bet comes in. Am I right? 
Uh-huh. And she sees the tears in Jenny's eyes. She knows exactly what's going on. Marina tries to play mm-hmm. it off, but doesn't buy it. Is Bette crying in the scene? I couldn't tell. No. I think she has a little, she has a connection with Jenny. Like, I don't know why she would be crying, but I thought I saw watery eyes. Yeah. I think, Am I, I mean, she has empathy for the situation. Well, that does confront Marina in the bathroom. And it was like, well, this, okay. Can I say this is my favorite? Yeah. Because we've seen the bathroom between Jenny and Marina. And so you assume, which I loved, like Marina's washing her hands and she hears the bathroom door click and she kind of smiles like, oh, I've got her again. Here she comes. And it's bet. And I was like, yay! that was super L word. It's a great moment. (laughs) And then it was like the clash of the titans Mm -hmm. between those two, because they're both powerful women in different ways. Neither one is intimidated or swayed by the other. I wish that actually got developed more in the, within that season. That would have been a great thing to to watch. But Bet throws down. I'm on Team Bet the whole way. Me too. Then we get back to the living room, Tim and his creepy friends. And they're in the middle of playing the game of if you only have one day left to live. Who the fuck would play that at a dinner party? What is this horrible game? Who came up with that game? <laughs> it was deadly. One day left to live. And so... It was so dark. What a dark subject. Or I, Oh, my God. Don't uh, make me think so much. And why do you care? And why do I care? And what is this? What kind of party game is this? Get out this? of my house, Randy. Seriously. <laughs> take your girlfriend with you. Because your girlfriend started it. Marina goes on a long thing. Has she be sipping rum on a beach? So, bo- yeah. Well, so bougie and pretentious. And, and of course, everyone's looking. Yeah, world travel. Yeah, and everyone's looking at her like, oh, of course she'd say that. That's so elegant and seductive. It's like, it's like nobody travels but Marina. Like, nobody knows how to like, well, use that's their so passport. Cultured and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They've never left the city. It's like they have this one person. They're all like, oh, that's what it looks like. Oh, my God. Like. Tell me more. What does the world look like? <laughs> Hopefully one day I'll go. And then Bet Bet whispers to Tina. She's like, let's get out of here. Tina, I love, doesn't question it. She's just like, we have to go. Totally cute. I loved that little couple moment. But then as they start walking over, Bet's very upset about what's happening. Doesn't think Tina's taking it as seriously as her. No, Tina doesn't give a shit. But she's Tina's. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to say this is the best moment. Where Kit materializes. Out no, of, wait, wait. No, wait. No, what? no wait. That's my favorite. I know. Okay. So Tina doesn't think it's a big deal, but thinks it's a huge deal. And what I found heavy handed was Bet goes, I don't need you to pass these bad traits onto our child. I was like, okay. Horrible. Horrible. It's like, like okay, Bet, Bet. bring it down a notch. <laughs> it's like, I don't mind her being affected by this. I just found her reaction to be a little extreme and to carry on for just a wee bit too long. And made it about herself also. Exactly. Because then this is another common occurrence within the L word. And I wonder if this was... Like, you know how there were drinking games back in the day? Like, take a shot if or when? Yeah. I want to know if there was people. a drinking game where you took a shot every time Kit just materializes out of nowhere <laughs> and lands in Bettentina's kitchen. And you just say, and you just hear her say, hey. Kate, you and I used to laugh about this all the time because there were scenes that we were in where all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> hey, girl. And you're like, where did she cut? Why is there not a knock at the door? I get that we're supposed to be familiar with each other and she possibly had a key, but it was always through the back kitchen sliding doors. And we never heard the door open or close in the background. She would just materialize and say, hey, sis, every time. Mm-hmm. Like we would be in rehearsal shooting the scene and it would when we were blocking it mm-hmm. and we'd hear Pam and we'd both turn around and be like, oh, my God, where did she just come from? Yeah, they always had her disappearing and it used to make it. We've got giggle attacks over that a lot. Major. Major. Didn't we used to tease Pam about that? Yeah, of course we did. So everybody, new drinking game through the series. How many times does Kit appear out of nowhere? And this is like something that... I love this scene that happens next. I do and I don't love this scene. Um, I I love that, like, you know, Kit's coming over because she wants to make amends. It's part of like the, it's part of, you know, the the process of getting her... Yes, because she has to do that to get her license back. And Bet is still like so keyed up about Marina and Tim. It gets then put on to Kit. And I kind of felt like personally it got muddied a bit because I think it's so significant what Kit's doing. Like it's part of Kit's journey. And and, and that is 
kit in itself. Like she's always like she's in recovery and she's always like kind of getting into trouble, even though she doesn't want to be. And Kit's always bailing her out. And that's the dynamic. And because we're trailing in from that dinner party, the message got muddled for me. Oh, interesting. Okay. See, I didn't take it that way at all. I thought that went completely back to her entire childhood with, with her sister and all the letdowns and disappointments and all the pain she's been holding on to. Like, that's what I was watching Bet go through. I mean, it was bad timing, like really now, but you know, it happens when it happens. And I think she just was like, not ready to take on the, the apology. But had that been earned yet? Well, her, everything she lists is, I mean, Bet's had a, a... No, I understand. No, no, I get that. A whole life of this. No, of course I understand. But I think it's another thing, another reason why it didn't fully land for me is because I really hadn't seen a whole lot of the Bet and Kit dynamic yet. You wanted more before you got there. Okay. Precisely. Okay. Because that because I love them both and I love their dynamic. I yeah. love it. And I love that they're half sisters. Aren't they half sisters? Yes. Same father. Right. And the fact that they were like, no, we're going to like, and they really rely on one another, even though they're half sisters. Is, there's something gorgeous about that. And Tina's kind of like, bet, give her a break. But Tina's like, get over it. Like, can we yeah. go to bed? Drop it. Like, stop taking the world on your shoulders. Like, it's not well, about I you. Well, I think this is the beginning of, of seeing that dynamic with Bet and Tina. Right? Because that's... That's a three line. I can see why Tina like gets irritated sometimes. Like bring it down. You don't always have to be at a 10, Bet. Right. Like for your own like blood pressure even. Choose, you know, man, you know. All right. We're back to Lara. Where are we now? They're back in the locker room, the scary locker room. Lara walks in, sweetly asks Dana if she got the sponsor. Yes, I did. And here we go again. Scary locker room. I mean, is there a time anybody can safely get changed after they work out on the show because she goes to the locker. Laura comes right back in, sticks her against the wall and kisses her. Lara Laura in this scene was very smooth. Oh, yeah. Very smooth. Well yeah. played, Lara Laura. Can I tell you also that I didn't remember their relationship starting so early on this? I, if somebody... Really? If somebody asked me and they're like, here's a million dollars. When did the whole... Laura Dana thing happened, I would have said episode seven. Well, the best line that Lara Laura says is she kisses her. And then the last thing she tells her is just in case you were still wondering, like, boom, mic drop. Greatest line ever. Nicely done. Yeah. Let your friends know. And Dana is just like the happiest speechless. person. Can't, yeah. Can't believe it. But um, she doesn't know it's waiting in the wings. Okay. That's why she's so happy. Then it cuts back to Alice goes up and compliments Gabby's boots and Gabby grabs Alice and they start making out against the walls. And then a girl approaches um, Shane. She's Shane like, you want to go home? You're like, yeah, absolutely. And then boom. Lacey comes up with a uh, with a big Public spotlight display. on Shane. Yeah. And gets shamed out of the bar. She's she's a menace. She's a fucker. It's a lot. That's harsh. That's harsh. I would have probably called the cops. Well, all because Shane was... I mean, just because she you sleep like with someone doesn't mean, well, just because you sleep with someone doesn't need you, you need to marry them you and be committed. owe them anything. And if it's consensual, then what are you talking about, well, Lacey? of course it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. in the moment, like, but the way it looks is like she got me too out of that bar. Obviously, Lacey had never been left or hurt before. I mean, this was a, in her 20s. It was the first time it's happened. Her parents didn't tell her you're going to your heart's going to break sometimes, honey, and it's going to be OK. You're going to pick yourself up. She didn't get that yeah. message. <sighs> We're back at Bet and Tina's house. They love each other. But we knew that. And then the last the final scene is where Marina is leaving and she thanks everyone and she's charming the pants off of everyone through her exit and especially then, randy and the girlfriend because of course what do they do they say it out loud god what would i do with that person and if i only oh my lord those two say all the quiet parts out loud <laughs> and everybody can't believe marina when she walks out they're just like and her magical prowess and you know even tim is smitten with her because poor tim is just doesn't see it he does not see it he's like and she gives free coffee guys but the last moment lands on jenny it's just, the world is about to get smaller and far more complicated because the second that starts to intermingle 
you're in even more trouble. And it's not a good place to start, but it's going to get worse. Jenny's got to get back to the typewriter ASAP. I remembered this episode pretty well. It's going to be next week where I don't remember much onward. You're like lost at sea at this point. Well, there are details and moments, but in terms of, you know, how, what happens next, I, it's, I'm looking forward to being surprised. Me too. Well, I'll see you uh, Friday night. And everybody else, thanks for listening to Pants. Yeah, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Nashville, will we see you next week? Or no, I think when this airs, we'll already have been there. Nashville, it was a great show. And honestly, if anyone really understands what the point of those Jenny fantasies are, we're not kidding. Please tell us. Or not what, Not just what are the points of them, what's the point of all of them, but what the hell is she right? What is going on? Somebody explain it to us. Speak for yourself. I want to know what the point of it is. I want to know, like, why is it there? It's there for a reason. Can someone explain it? Because Well, it's just creativity. I mean, that's what's coming out of her head. Yeah, but what's the through line? Someone has analyzed this. I want to know if you probably know more than I do. Please share it. I would love that. I would love a real breakdown. Anyway, so till next week. Pants forever. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by Kate Menig and me, Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa DeMonts. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow Pants on Instagram at the pants pod theme song by carolina para of the band css graphics are by love fox 